One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, guys. Welcome to School of the Holy Spirit. This is, uh, I believe it's part 30 of our Wisdom-Filled Warrior series. Um, Never in my wildest dreams that I think that uh, we'd be doing 30 uh, different parts of this concept of, of warriors in the garden instead of gardeners in the war but man there's a lot of people across the country that is that have really been awakened in this concept and i don't know how this is spreading so fast but i've got people from really just about every state messaging me and uh we're coordinating a lot of meetings um and I'm trying to get some things coordinated on my website so you can get on there and see where we're at. But um, it doesn't matter how big you are. I've, I've been in churches of, of several thousand. I've been, you know, in living rooms. And uh, I really go where the Lord leads me. So as you're being awakened, um, you know, there's nothing too small. There's nothing too big. And um, no matter where you're at, the Lord is transforming people. Um, out of something that's been like this old concept of Christianity into this new thing. And a lot of it has to do with the awakening to the reality of the war around you. Um, There was a period of time, you know, from the late 80s into the 90s, the 2000s, you know, 20, 30, 40 years where there wasn't a whole lot of the church um, doing uh, you know, literally a lot of supernatural stuff. And now that we're in this season where um, you can see the darkness, you can see um, how the darkness has infiltrated the governments of the world and how, um, you know, just this conflict um, is in our face. Um, I really believe the Lord is, is using that to awaken uh, the reality that, you uh, you are you are in this place called the earth, right? And and there's this reality that uh, you do have an enemy. You do have something that has tried to keep you from becoming who you really are in Christ, to enslave you, to limit you, to keep you bound. And that's why Jesus said that I come uh, in the power of the Holy Ghost to, to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, release those who are bound in prison, to open the spiritually blind eyes, uh, to flood your heart with light, to to bring reality, to bring heaven's reality to you. And so I just encourage you guys keep uh, keep messaging me, keep uh, you know keep keep asking questions, um, and keep contacting me because I'm doing Zoom calls, I'm doing just all kind of stuff now. Um, we're getting people in Europe baptized in the Holy Ghost over uh, Microsoft Teams. We're getting people in Africa baptized in the Holy Ghost over Microsoft Teams. Um, there's just a whole lot of stuff happening. And so just keep reaching out. I enjoy, um, you know, what the Lord is doing. And he's obviously present on this concept of war. And so today I want to talk about um, specifically uh, some things that the Lord has put on my heart. He's given me several dreams here this week um, related to um, transition 
and the concept of metamorphosis. Okay, uh, believe it or not, uh, the concept of metamorphosis is in the Bible. It's actually what makes you supernatural. Um, and actually, when Jesus went up on the mountain of transfiguration, um, it said that the, the, the actual uh, root word, the Greek word uh, for, for uh, transfigured is the word metamorphosis. He was changed into something supernatural, right? It says that he glowed. He, he had a light on him. Um, he was heavenly. He was on earth, but he was heavenly. And there's a metamorphosis. And so I had this, I had this dream about um, a metamorphosis, uh, and I'll, I'll share it here in a minute. Um, but before we get into that, I want to review some concepts that are tied into metamorphosis. Okay, being transfigured, being transformed into something that you are that you're not, um, and that's really what prophecy is, guys. You know, prophecy doesn't see you as you are today. The Lord actually reveals through the prophetic vision what you are becoming or what you will be in the future. And so if you can connect your heart to the vision of the Lord and set your heart on what the Lord is saying, you actually become what he has said you are instead of being limited into what you are today. And so everything, the church, everything is to be centered around the prophetic voice of the Lord. He leads you out of limitation and into domination. Amen. That should be a t-shirt. Somebody should make a t-shirt out of that. He leads you out of limitation and into the place of dominating your environment through the transfiguration, through being, uh, it's, a, it's like the butterfly. It was a caterpillar and it, it went into a cocoon and it became a butterfly. There was a metamorphosis. Okay, that's what prophecy does. It changes you into something that you couldn't become without it. It, it, it empowers you in a way that makes you supernatural. Okay, and so I want to review some concepts because that whole transfiguration is the foundation of my ministry and what I do with the prophetic. And that's why I prophesy over people so much because the prophecy, the direct voice of the Lord is what changes people. You know, I spend a lot of time in these podcasts and I'm, I'm teaching people prophetic concepts um, really to get people and organizations and churches, whatever you call yourself, to dwell in the prophetic instead of dwelling in systems and routines because systems and routines are exactly that. They don't change you. They're a safe place. They become a safe place. But the power of, of the Lord, there's only one source of power, and that's his voice. That is the Holy Spirit speaking, and that is what changes you from um, a, a caterpillar into a butterfly, something supernatural that takes flight, right? And so just want to review a few scriptures and concepts with you before we get into this dream today. Um, uh, I talked... Ooh, shoot, maybe maybe several months ago now, maybe even three or four months ago now, about the the Lord promising the awakening of his army. In Zephaniah three, verse eight and nine, it says, Therefore wait for me, says the Lord, until the day I rise up for plunder. What's plunder? Plunder basically is the restoration of his people. Plunder is he takes back what the enemy stole. 
He literally decrees that he will awaken his people to go be the ones who were filled with wealth, filled with peace, filled with everything that uh, makes you to be dominant on the earth. Okay. And so continuing on, my determination is to gather the nations to my assembly of kingdoms um, to pour on them. My indignation, all my fierce anger. Who's he talking about? He's talking about all the demonic powers. He's talking about a declaration that he's going to pour out his wrath upon the demonic powers of the earth. Not you as a believer. You as a believer become the one that he pours his wrath out through. Okay, so when you are baptized in Jesus Christ, when the blood of Jesus is on you, he has forgiven you. He has made you new. He sees you through the eyes of forgiveness. Okay, he sees you through the eyes um, of of grace and favor, not condemnation. Okay, there's a lot of quote unquote Christian organizations, Christian denominations that keep you bound and condemned by keeping you um, keeping the message about sin. The message is not about sin. The message um, has to reveal the fact that we um, are in need of a savior. But the message does not dwell simply in sin. The message actually is to dwell in the resurrection and the power that is imparted to you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That through by the same life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, who took your sin to the grave. And as you are in Christ, you are made alive in Christ. You are baptized in Christ and you are given power by the Holy Ghost. That is the baptism of Christ. Amen. We've talked a lot about that before, and I could, you know, I as soon as I start talking about it, I go down these tangents, these rabbit holes. My wife always tells me you, you went on like six rabbit holes last week, and so I got to keep I got to keep on my message here today, guys. So um, my point is that when you are when you receive Christ, you are made new in Christ, and the wrath of God is against the enemies of God. It's not you, okay. And so you have to wrap your mind around the fact that God's not mad at you. So continuing on, to pour on them my indignation and my fierce anger, all the earth, all the demonic kingdoms shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then I will restore to the people a pure language. We've talked about this before. That's the gift of tongues. He restores to you a supernatural ability to speak to the Lord directly through the gift of tongues that they all may call on my name to serve, okay? And this is a very important thing. That word to serve is actually means what Paul, Paul referenced. He called himself a bondservant, okay? And a bondservant is one who will fight um, in the tilling of the soil. It's, it's actually believing in the vision of the Lord. It's believing in what the Lord is saying, not what the Lord um, simply has said in times past, but the heart is tilled. The heart is actually renewed every time you hear the voice of the Lord. So the concept of the Lord giving you a new language is to call on him, right? He talks about the people calling on his name. He gives you a language to cry out and call on his name, okay? To call on him knowing that the Lord himself will speak to you. And make you supernatural so that you may serve. And so the heart is made new 
It's renewed every day. It's renewed all the time by you hearing the voice of the Lord. You are a bondservant of the Lord as you hear him and your heart continually holds on to what he is saying, no matter what's going on around you. Right. And we talked about, you know, Paul in this revelation in Ephesians 6, 10, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And there's three words that we emphasized. Um, number one, the word strong is the word dunamis. It's supernatural power, supernatural release out of heaven. Number two is the word kratos. Kratos is the, is the words of God spoken into the darkness. It's the power of heaven that releases the ability to transform to change and transfigure the situation, okay? So in Genesis chapter one, when the Lord spoke into the darkness, the darkness could not stop the light. The darkness was at the mercy of what the Lord was saying. The light overcame the darkness. That's Kratos' power, okay? And the third type of power is the power of you as a believer. It's called Iscus power. Whenever you hear the voice of God and you begin to align your heart and say, I am serving the Lord, by what the Lord is saying. And so that's, that is why, guys, that I continue to emphasize to you, you, you when you pray in tongues, when you center your life in a, a, around a prayer life that prays in the Spirit and you begin to have visions and dreams, which is the promise of God to restore His voice to the hearts of men, that He would make you the most powerful force on earth. And when you begin to speak what the Lord is saying, when you prophesy, when you, when you release the word of knowledge, the vision of the Lord out of your mouth, out of your mouth, that's called iscus power. It is when you speak what the Lord is saying, that's iscus power. Okay? That's the Greek word iscus. It means one who releases what the Lord is saying. It's, per, it's the prophetic anointing. Okay, so Paul is saying to go to war. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and, and release his dunamis power. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, meaning that you release the might of the Lord, the Kratos power when you prophesy and you begin to declare the vision of the Lord over your life and the people around you. Amen. So tongues is the hinge point. Your prayer life is the hinge point. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. Right? You've got to pray in tongues. And we've, we've had people from literally all over the world, um, you know, messaging me and, you know, there's no way I can get to everybody. Um, but we're doing teams calls and we're seeing people instantly baptized in the Holy Ghost over these teams calls. And just, it's just amazing how the Lord is using this time and the technology right now. But, um, I want to, I want to, um, dive deep in the concept of prophecy. Because prophecy always takes you into the new adventures of life. Prophecy always takes you into an unveiling. Prophecy always takes you into something that did not exist. When the Lord speaks to you today, He's, he's revealing something that did not exist. Okay? And He's drawing you, right? You're actually seeing ahead and able to begin to align your heart with what he's saying and you begin to step into what the Lord is saying. You always want to be in the river of his voice. And so there's a, there's this word in the New Testament that eludes to the concept of prophecy. It's the word it's the Greek word telos, okay? It's where we get um uh our, the word telescope. 
meaning that from a distance you see out far in a distance, far ahead, you see what the Lord is doing. That's why the Lord says vision is so powerful. That's why he said in Joel 2.28 that he would give you dreams and visions and cause you to prophesy and the world would not be able to limit you, but you would dominate the world, okay? And Jesus actually talks about this in John 14. In John 14, 15, and 16, very important piece of scripture. He's actually pouring out to the to the disciples at this point how important the Holy Spirit's going to be in your life. Okay. And um, he says in John 14, starting in verse 16, he says, I will pray to the Father, he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world will not receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphan. I will come to you. And in that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you and me, and I in you. So number one, you are never alone, okay? And number two, he's going to reveal his glory upon you, okay? Verse 21 says this, And he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Okay. Now, most denominational churches will, when they even reference the scripture, will say, this is, this is the 10 commandments. You have to follow the 10 commandments. And there's a condemnation message that comes out of you trying to follow the 10 commandments without the Holy Spirit. Okay. And you can't you, you can't argue against me. I've I've delivered enough people. I've cast devils at enough people from quote unquote Christian churches that preach condemnation. Okay, and so you um the the one thing I want to emphasize is you have to understand what Jesus is what he's saying here when he says the word commandment. Okay, the word commandment is the word telos, the telescope. The voice of prophecy, the vision and dream of the Lord. So Jesus is trying to center the disciples on a new way, a new way that does not exist. He's, he's talking to them face to face. He says, I've been with, I've been with you. I've been walking with you. Okay. But I'm going to take your sin to the grave. I'm going to go to the cross, take your sin to the grave. I'm going to go to hell, take the keys from Satan, and I will hold all the keys, all the keys of life, all the keys of sin and death. Okay. That's Revelation 118. He holds the keys of sin and death. He holds all keys. Okay. He says, then I will be resurrected by the Holy Ghost. I will ascend into heaven and I will send upon you the Holy Spirit. You will never be orphaned. You will never be alone. And my voice will be the new thing that you literally learn to trust, to worship and to follow. My voice, I am going to relate to you. You're going to relate to me, right? Jesus is praying. He's revealing. He says, I know that I am in the Father, you and me, and I in you. He's talking about all of us, right? Jesus dwells in your heart. So why would you follow an operating system where you have to go to a book and Ten Commandments to try to adhere yourself to, right? That's debt. There's no life that comes out of you trying to follow a rule. Right? Paul said that in, in the book of Hebrews. He said, if the old covenant could have saved you, there would have been no need for Jesus Christ. 
So why do you try to follow an old religious condemning rule? And Jesus is pointing right here. He's pointing to the fact that there's this new operating system. There's this new way of life that I will send upon you. You will be baptized in the Holy Ghost and you will hear my voice, the command. It will be a telescope. It will reveal to you things to come. It will reveal to you in the current situation, the current state. I will give you words of knowledge. I will give you supernatural miracle power. I will release the life of the kingdom of God upon you in the vision of the Lord. Amen. My God, I'm ready to I'm ready to go cast out some devils and raise the dead and preach in India and do some supernatural things. Amen. I'm preaching myself happy right now. And I don't know who's listening to me, but you've got to literally put that condemning stuff down and literally pray in the Holy Ghost till you hear the voice of the Lord, till you see visions and dreams and watch what the Lord does to your life. He will release a transfiguration in your into your life, into your world. Every time he speaks to you, he's transfiguring you. And I'll get to that here in a minute. But here's the deal, guys. This is a dynamic living relationship. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not because when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you get equipped with the gift of tongues to pray to him, there's no other power that you need. There's nothing else. There's no religious system. There's no condemning force. Nothing else matters because when he gives you his supernatural ability to pray, he promised that when you pray in tongues, he will respond. He will give you dreams and visions and the supernatural power of the kingdom of heaven will be revealed in your life. How important is this? Let me tell you, this is so important. In fact, when you get into the seven, study the, the seven churches and how Jesus corrects the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Every time he corrects the church, he ends it with, if you have an ear to hear. If you have eyes to see, visions and dreams of the Lord, ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that is the intent and end-all game of every correction that Jesus Christ gives to the church. Put down what you're doing. Fall in love with my Holy Spirit. Put down what you're doing. Fall in love with my Holy Spirit. Pray and hear the voice of God. See His vision and watch your life be transfigured before your eyes. Pray and fast. Everything is about your relationship with the Lord in prayer. And in one of the corrections, there's such a profound confrontation with what most of the American church is today. It's in, it's in the correction with the, with the church where Jezebel rules the church. And Jezebel is a, is a, it's a picture, it's a figurative language of a doctrine that denies the prophetic voice of God. Okay, when when you study in in uh, the book of uh, uh, First Kings um, about Jezebel, Jezebel surrounded herself with eunuchs, people who could not reproduce. Jezebel actually um, hunted down the prophetic. the pro The prophetic anointing was hiding in caves. Okay, are you with me? Are you getting the picture? Okay, any if 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 there if you're sitting in a church where the prophetic anointing is not fluently flowing in your church, you, you're in a Jezebel-ruled church, okay? A system, a place that's surround, it's surrounded by yes-men. 
Guys who don't hear God, they just simply do what the leadership wants them to do. That's called a yes man, a eunuch. People who are alive in Christ hear the Lord and do what the Lord is telling you to do. Are you with me? All right. And so the correction, Jesus said this in Revelation 2.20. He says, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who castrated the prophets, who castrated the people surrounding herself by yes men, by religious dead men, people that do not have the ability to reproduce. There's only one thing in the kingdom of God that has the ability to reproduce. It's not a religious system. It's not a set of rules. It's not 10 Hail Marys and and, uh, five rosary beads and 16 candles. It's none of that junk. The only thing that reproduces is the anointing of God and his voice. The voice of the Lord in the anointing that he pours out upon people to hear his voice. Amen. And so Jesus says, do not tolerate it. Do not tolerate it. There's people listening to me right now that you've been confused. You've been this kind of like kind of Holy Spirit, kind of, well, listen, kind of Holy Spirit and, and, but living your life by dead systems and routine and, and following the orders of a system do not produce life. You should be casting out devils. You should be healing the sick. You should be raising the dead. You should be baptizing people in the Holy Ghost. You should be depending on what the Lord is saying and centering your life on your prayer life, praying in the Holy Ghost and hearing what he says. And Jesus is saying this to you. Do not tolerate it. Do not tolerate that woman Jezebel. That's what he says. Do not tolerate that woman Jezebel. Go read it for yourself. Revelation 2, 2, uh, verse 20. Do not tolerate that woman Jezebel. You should be thirsting after the presence of the Holy Ghost. But I'm here to prophesy over you guys that there's a transfiguration. There's a metamorphosis coming to many of your lives. Just like those who who were meeting and going in living rooms and churches and laying hands on people and seeing just so many people being awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost, baptized and praying in tongues and people seeing visions. Um, I'm prophesying that that's going to happen to you. Amen. And so, um, you know, the Lord really, he's given me two dreams this week and I'm going to preach about, I'm talking about the one today. I'm going to talk about another one here next week. Um, but the, the Lord is really emphasizing this concept of you're in a season of transfiguration. It's a season of acceleration and there's an anointing to impart to you that I believe that that you're going to see supernatural things. You know, in times that would take 10 years, it's only literally going to take weeks and months um, in this season of what the Lord is doing. And so I'm going to read this dream to you and then we're going to talk about it because I believe there's an impartation with it. Amen. Okay, so in this dream, I'm standing at the end of a pier overlooking an ocean. And and I have seen this part of the dream. I've seen this for over a year. I didn't know what it meant. And the Lord wasn't finished speaking to me, but he was giving me a piece of it. A year ago, I started seeing, I, I have, I've had this dream several times, okay? And just here this week, the Lord completed the dream. And I'm just excited about it. And so I'm going to read the piece that he showed me. Um, you know, a year ago, and then I'm going to continue on and and finish it for you. But in the dream, I'm standing at the end of a pier. I'm overlooking the ocean. 
There's a battleship facing me, okay? Suddenly a white whale surfaces with a man standing on top of it, okay? The white whale is covered with eyes, okay? All around the white whale is eyes. If you if you can picture this huge white whale um, and this man standing on the back, holding on to like the, the reins that are attached to this whale, he's literally riding a whale, okay? And the man is dressed as a king, having a king's robe. He has a rod in his hand and he has a bag of stones around his waist and he's wearing a crown. This guy's a king, okay? As the whale swims closer, I can see that the man standing on the whale is actually me, okay? I'm looking at myself in a strange battle. I can, I'm standing on a pier. I'm conscious on as I'm looking from um, solid ground on a pier, I'm seeing myself on this strange creature, a white whale covered in eyes that's facing this battleship. He's in a battle with this battleship out in the middle of the ocean. Okay. What I see next is I see this whale. He begins to swim full speed at the battleship while he's at the surface of of the water, right? So if you can picture this white whale, he has eyes all over him, and this king, which I can see from a distance, is like, oh my gosh, that's me. What's going on? And uh, this whale is swimming toward the side of this battleship, okay? And as, as 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 the whale is swimming toward the side of the battleship, um... You know, the next thing that happens is this whale runs full speed into the side of the battleship. Okay. There's a, the, the rod that the king is holding literally enters the hull of the battleship. Okay. As, as the whale swims head on into it and the end, end of the rod breaks through the hull. And what happens next is, is wild. I, the, the hull of the ship literally splits in half. And there are millions of butterflies, okay? Millions of butterflies come out of the hull of the ship um, through through the hole in, in the side of the hull. Um, and the butterflies land on the king that's riding the whale, okay? And it's like, it's like I have this revelation. I'm watching um, this king ride the whale who's like a battering ram against this ship, millions of butterflies are released and they land on top of the king. Okay. Do you ever see uh, the movie Avatar where those uh, white butterflies land um, on the main character? I forget his name. Um, That's kind of what happened. Only there's millions of butterflies that come and land on the king while he's still riding this whale. The battleship sinks. And the next thing that happens um, is that the whale swims. The whale with the king, who when it, you know, as, as it gets closer, I realize that's me. I'm the king. Okay. The whale sat in front of me with, you know, the king on top of it with millions of butterflies on it. And that's where the dream ended. The dream ended a year ago. And so I've been asking the Lord for a year, 
what in the world are you letting me see? Why are you showing me this? Okay, that's why I keep telling you guys, when you have a dream or a vision, it is the beginning of a conversation. The Lord always has more to show you. Okay, and so I'm going to talk to you about the more because the more, right, the, the everything that the Lord is revealing started a year ago. It started a year ago with the Lord showing me, me riding a white whale that had eyes all over it, <laughs> going head on into the side of a battleship. And now what's coming toward me is this king that's covered in butterflies. Okay. And so here's where the, the, the dream picks up. Okay. Where, where it left off. All right. And so, um, just the other night, I have the same exact dream, only the dream did not stop when the whale and the king started swimming before me and sat, literally sat in the water in front of me, uh, just um, outside of the pier that I was standing on. Okay. And so this is where it gets kind of crazy. This is where it kind of gets weird. And this is the portion that I had this week. Okay. The, as the whale comes toward me and is sitting right off of the coast, right off of, uh, of the pier, the butterflies that are on the king come, they literally all, if you can picture this, they raise up off of the king and they all fly toward me all at the same time as I'm standing on the pier, okay? The butterflies land on me on the pier. They rest on my body. And like, I'm looking at myself covered in butterflies. And all of a sudden, the butterflies lift up off of me as I'm standing on the pier. Only the butterflies fly back to the king who's riding on top of the whale. Okay. Suddenly, all, all I can explain to you is now I am not conscious as a man standing off in a distance on a pier watching a battle watching a supernatural thing happen before my eyes, watching a king ride a, wide, uh, ride a white whale full of eyes head first into the side of a battleship, opening up its hull and causing it to sink and releasing millions of butterflies. Now I am the king. Now I am the one riding the whale. Now I am the one covered in butterflies, Okay. And so now I am conscious, I'm literally, I'm literally now on top of the, the, the white whale. And the next thing that happens is I suddenly can see all of these enemies in the ocean. I see this huge, like 50 foot crocodile surfacing and coming toward me. I see this giant walking in the ocean. This giant is so big that literally... Um, it's from waist up, it's out of the ocean, it's coming toward me, okay? Uh, I see this, like, this seven-headed flying dragon coming toward me. And there were, all I can describe it as is, is fearlessness. There was no fear in me. The white whale literally led me into battle and the weapons that I had, I had a, a bag with stones. Who else had a bag with, with stones, right? David took a bag of stones into a battle and defeated a giant, right? Um, the, all I can describe it as is the dragon fell out of the sky 
as the weapons that were on me began to be used. The giant fell as the weapon that was on me began to be used. The crocodile was gutted from underneath as the weapons that were on me began to be used. Okay. And here's the, here's the coolest part of the whole dream. Okay. Um, the next thing that happened after these enemies were defeated out in uh, the ocean, um, the, the whale began to swim toward the coast where the pier and the beach were. And as we're approaching the beach, I could see people, I could see hundreds and thousands of people lined up on the beach. Okay. And when the whale got to a point where, um, literally within a hundred feet of, of the beachhead, um, he couldn't swim in anymore. I saw two things happen. Number one is suddenly there were white whales full of eyes that were on my right and on my left. There were literally hundreds and hundreds of white whales with eyes. And the next thing that happened was that the millions of butterflies that were on me suddenly began to fly onto the coast, land on people, pick them up, and put them on their whales. (laughs) Are you getting the picture? Okay, there's a transfiguration. There's a mass awakening of wisdom-filled warriors happening all around me. I saw it in a distance a year ago. (laughs) Are you with me? I saw it in a distance. The Lord gave me a glimpse a year ago of a king in a battle and wanting to be that king in a battle. Okay. And now the Lord in the midst of everything that's going on is revealing the fact that he orchestrated this, that he actually decreed that the book would be written and that there would be hundreds and thousands of people who would go through a transfiguration, who would go through a metamorphosis. They they could see the battle from a distance. There are thousands of people right now listening to this podcast every week and there's people emailing me, messaging me every week. You're seeing this from a distance. There's something inside of you that says, I want that, but you have no idea how it's going to happen. And I'm prophesying over you right now that the Lord has this whole thing orchestrated. Not only did he have me orchestrated, not did he, not only did he have this orchestrated in my life, that the Lord would do a supernatural thing. Amen. That the Lord would do something that was beyond our ability to um, comprehend, but he would give us vision. He would give us telos, right? The telescope. He would put the telescope in our hearts. And that's what this podcast, this wisdom filled warrior thing is, is, has been all about, guys, that the Lord is calling you in to win a battle that from a distance, you didn't think you had the power to do. You didn't think you had the anointing. You didn't think this whole Christian thing. You didn't think this whole casting out of devils and, and facing your enemy and having victory over your enemy. Um, the Lord's calling many of you to do the impossible, which is to simply let him work the metamorphosis in your life. Let him transfigure you and make you something that you could never be on your own simply by trusting the vision of the Lord. Amen. 
My God, if that doesn't get you excited, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I dreamed about this. I've been I've been doing ministry for 17 years, and I've dreamed about the day where the Lord is supernaturally at such a fast rate, literally imparting supernatural things and making people supernatural. And we'll talk about that in a minute, okay? But I want to I want to walk through some of the key elements of of the of what the vision means and and what the symbols of the vision mean okay so who's the king right obviously the lord let me see that i was the king but the lord wants you to see but that you're a king as well jesus said i am the king of kings and the lords of and the lord of lords um the book of revelation says that he makes you kings and priests he makes you to rule on the earth he makes you to have dominion on the earth amen and that's that's what this whole series has been about right he's imparting to you ability that did not exist before by talking to you when he talks to you when his anointing flows over you he is making you one who will have dominion he is making you one who will be a warrior in the garden instead of some chump chicken in the garden somebody who without power in the garden somebody who just comes and sits in a pew every week he's transitioning you into somebody who will literally have dominion over your life have dominion over the darkness casting out devils healing the sick doing the supernatural because you hear his voice amen one of the one of the most powerful elements of the of the dream um, is the white whale okay and so what is the white whale okay uh, why is it covered in eyes? And I'd like I'd like to begin describing to you that the eyes of the Lord. If you ever study the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord is in reference to the sevenfold Spirit of God, right? In in Isaiah eleven, it says that Jesus was clothed; he was covered in the eyes of the Lord, the sevenfold Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom, Spirit of understanding, Spirit of counsel, Spirit of might. Spirit of knowledge, which we've talked about. It's about knowing what the Lord is saying, the spirit of knowing, and the fear of the Lord, right? We've talked about some of this stuff. That that the supernatural power that was on Jesus, the sevenfold spirit of God, the eyes of the Lord, is what he would baptize you in. And if you dwell in the presence of the Lord, you dwell in your prayer life and, and allow through this gift of tongues that the anointing of the Lord will clothe you in power, that you begin to see visions. You begin to know what the Lord is saying, what he is revealing to you, right? It's, it's, a, it's a symbolic um, re- revelation. The eyes of the Lord, I'm literally in the dream riding the eyes of the Lord. I'm not steering the the whale. The whale is right. Is I just have a I have a a device. I have like reins so that I can hold on to the whale. I'm not directing the whale. I'm just riding the whale. Right. Many of you have to literally give up the control that you think you have to do. Your perception of what you think you're doing in ministry, of what this worldly um, quote unquote Christian view and denominational view of oh I'm called by God I have to plant a church I have to be a I have to be a traditional pastor. Listen guys I am so anti tradition uh, it's not even funny. The Lord sends me around the world gives me job changes my job sends me to India changes my job sends me to Toledo changes my job sends me to different places to do things to plant different things 
because I'm riding the whale. Okay, I'm riding the sevenfold spirit of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord. And the eyes of the Lord are, are a very um, amazing thing. Number one, I want to talk about proximity. What's it mean about the uh, when, when you are riding the eyes of the Lord? What's he symbolizing to you? Revelation 4, 5, it says this. And from the throne, this is John describing what he saw in the throne room. And from the throne proceeding lightnings, thunderings, and voices, right? The voice of God. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes, front and back, all around. Okay? Listen, guys. The eyes of the Lord are a very supernatural symbol in, in, in the world of the prophetic. Okay, it's the perfection of God. If you are in line with what the Lord is seeing, what he's showing you, you're being perfected by God. Okay, there's nothing else that can perfect you. You can't try to achieve your your Ten Commandments. You can't try to be a good person. You can't do try to be the right thing. But if you listen for what the Lord is saying and you shift your heart to be spirit conscious, dream and vision conscious, you then are in the power of the eyes of the Lord. You are you are the work of the eyes of the Lord, so to speak, right? You are riding the eyes of the Lord, okay? <laughs> are you getting the picture? Are you getting the concept? Completely opposite of dead religion. Dead religion cannot, does not, does do, doesn't do anything for you other than imprison you, bind you, and render you powerless. But the voice of God, the dream and vision of the Lord, takes you into the supernatural. And the blood of Jesus, actually, in in um, in uh, Hebrews chapter nine, it talks about the difference between the um, old covenant and the powerlessness of it versus the blood of Jesus. It says that the blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse the conscious. What does that mean? That means that you no longer are conscious of dead religious routines and systems. You're not conscious of condemnation because you don't give ear to it. You don't put value on dead condemning religious doctrines. You actually become conscious, aware, continually sensitive to the voice of the Lord. That's what Jesus died to give you. He died to give you a resurrection, a new life, a new ability, something that didn't exist before. He gives you the telos, the what you are becoming in the future, right? A year ago, the Lord started showing me riding the eyes of the Lord into a battle. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think it would take me into what it is it, it, today. I mean, even, even the India stuff, even, you know, sending me supernaturally into India and doing that, um, this concept of the Lord awakening um, or, or pouring upon me this anointing for war because he's intending to awaken his warriors. I, it's like, wow, it's like 
There's, it's like the next glory, right? India was a glory for me. India was five years of seeing miracle after miracle, um, hundreds of pastors being baptized in the Holy Ghost and all the supernatural stuff in India. And now there's a new glory. There's a multiplication seeing you, the listener. You are becoming a warrior of the Lord as the, as the Lord is literally stripping people from dead religious concepts and simply learning to trust in the voice of God. He has made you aware and conscious of what he wants to reveal to you, his dream and vision. Amen. He, he is making you super. He's making you aware that you're already supernatural according to the vision of the Lord. Okay. You're already supernatural, guys. Every one of you who are listening to me are already supernatural. The problem is many of you don't know it yet. And I'm here to tell you that just as the Lord woke me up to see me riding the eyes of the Lord into battle and having victory after victory after victory, I'm here to tell you that um, the butterflies are coming upon you and those butterflies are going to make you conscious of riding the eyes of the Lord instead of standing on the dead earth. Are you with me? My God, I mean, if, if that doesn't get you stoked up, I don't know what does. You see, the Lord promised grace upon you. He promised grace and favor. In, in John 1.16, um, it, it says that um, of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. That means glory for glory upon glory to glory. Okay? He gives you a grace for a season. He takes you through a season. You walk it out. You become what he said you would be. Right? And then he literally kills it. He he says, We're done with that one. There's going to be a new glory. So you fall on your face, like the elders in heaven, you fall down. You fall on your face, and when you look back up, you see a new glory. And you are en- many of you are entering this new glory, this season of being awakened in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, having the dream of the Lord, the vision of the Lord, receiving prophecy, and being led to fight these ruling spirits and these demonic powers that have ruled over you. You are becoming a warrior in the garden instead of a gardener in the war. Amen? And so the Lord promised you grace. He promised you a new favor and grace for every new season, for everything that the Lord wants to reveal to you. And you should know that um, I want to emphasize one thing. Do not despise the day of small things. In Zechariah chapter 4, the Lord's talking about the power of His Spirit. And He specifically makes a statement. Do not despise the day of small things. What's the Lord mean by that? The Lord means that when he gives you a vision, no matter how small or immaterial um, your natural heart, your worldly limited view thinks it is, when your spiritual heart latches on to the vision, that small thing becomes a big thing. You see, a year ago, Listen to me, boys. Listen to me, boys and girls. A year ago, I had a vision 
From a distance, I could see me riding a whale in the midst of a battle. And today, it's turned into like this this book and, and, and this podcast. It's turned into me going to from city to city um, to lay hands on people and seeing supernatural things happen um, with, with the Lord calling people to be awakened into battle. There's deliverance ministries being birthed in weekends. I don't care how insignificant you think you are. If you're feeling the unction of the Lord as you're listening to this stuff and saying, this is different, there's something about this, I'm telling you, message me, call me, and we'll get this impartation to you because the Lord is doing supernatural things, okay? The Lord is doing supernatural things. Do not despise the day of small things because... I want, I want to read the scripture, and this is Zechariah chapter 4. You should, you should read Zechariah chapter 4. It's one of the most spiritually awakening uh, chapters in the Bible, in the revelation of the vision of God and the encounter of God in your life. Um, there's just something about it. There's something on it, okay? Because it simplifies your life on the Spirit. And I'm just going to start with Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. This is the word or the vision of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, right? What have I been telling you? It's not about religious systems. It's not about religious routines. It's not about even the Ten Commandments. It's about the Holy Ghost. It's about what the Spirit of God is saying and transfiguring you into that the Ten Commandments couldn't. Okay, the Ten Commandments, listen to me, folks. The Ten Commandments cannot transfigure you. Okay, now I'm going to tell you exactly what Paul said. That doesn't mean you run out and start sinning and you do all the junk, okay? But the Ten Commandments can not transfigure you. They're self-imposed, meaning that you are choosing to try to follow them. Okay? You with me? But the Spirit of God, the one who resurrects, the one who creates and does things that... Do not, does not exist today, but tomorrow, because he spoke into the darkness, he actually creates and releases vision, okay? The Holy Ghost is what resurrects, guys. The Holy Ghost and the power of his voice, releasing dreams and visions in your life, transfigure you. There, it's a metamorphosis process that only the Holy Ghost can do. You have entire Christian denominations, quote-unquote. I'm calling them Christians because that's what they call themselves, but they're actually not Christian. If you don't trust in the Holy Ghost, you're not Christian. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. You're, you're living a lie. You're living a lie from the devil if you're not following the Holy Ghost. If you are trying to follow and think yourself made righteous by following the Ten Commandments, you missed it. You actually missed the boat. Okay, that's called sensationalism. That, that those are those all those denominations who say the Holy Ghost or or, or the, the the twelve apostles and and the Holy Ghost doesn't exist today, right? You you know I've heard those teachings they, they anger me. Be, why? Because they're antichrist. You know what antichrist means? The, the word Christ means the anointing. So if you're antichrist, you are anti-anointing. Anything that refuses the Holy Ghost today is antichrist. No matter how righteous they appear, no matter how much Bible they use, 
There's a lot of false teachers. Jesus warned of them. There will be many false teachers come. But I'm here to tell you, there's only one thing that resurrects, and that is the gift that Jesus gave to you, the believer, that he would baptize you in power, that he alone would clothe you from on high and give his voice to you. Amen? And what does this grace, what does this clothing of the Holy Spirit do? It does what you can't do. It does what the Ten Commandments can't do. Zechariah 4, verse 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. What's that mean? That's what I just referenced in John 1. He would give you grace. Why the mountain? What's he talking about? Zerubbabel was born in Babylon. Right? Many of you are born in Babylon. You're born in into in curses. You're born in sinful places. You're born in absolute darkness. But the Lord is saying to Zerubbabel, meaning the one born in that place, born in Babylon, born in confusion, he's saying, I will put in your hand the ability to speak to every mountain and it will become a plain and you will by your own revelation say it was the grace of the Lord speaking grace to the mountain, grace to the mountain, the power of the Holy Ghost to the mountain. Are you with me? My God, I'm preaching myself in, in, into excitement. I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to rock and roll because it is the power of the Holy Ghost that does the impossible. Amen. Verse eight, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. Remember, what's the temple? You, you are the house of the Lord. You are the house of God, Right? We, we talked about that weeks ago, that David was going to build the Lord a house. It's not a church. It's not a building. The Lord says, I'm making David my house. I'm making David the temple of the Lord. And what did the Lord, what did the Lord prophesy in Amos 9.13? He said that I will restore the tent that, the, that has been torn down. I will restore the tent. Every one of you who are being baptized in the Holy Ghost right now are having, your, having the tent of the Lord, the tent of David restored in your life. You are the house of God. So in the hands of Zerubbabel, laying the foundation of the temple, that's you being baptized in the Holy Ghost, his hands shall finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you for who has the who has despised the day of small things for these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel what's the seven we talked about it right the seven are the sevenfold spirit of God, the eyes of the Lord, the white whale covered in eyes, the supernatural creature that takes you into battle, that takes you into the impossible thing, that tears down mountains because of the grace of God, that tears down every curse, that breaks the back of every demonic power, that literally um, puts the plumb line. What's the plumb line? It's, it's the, it, it literally re puts, brings balance. It recenters your life. The plumb line, it, it literally aligns you vertically, right? A plumb line, you hold, you hold it down and it finds the true north. 
Okay, the Lord is prophesying to you in this scripture that I will send my spirit upon you and I will restore your life. I will make you what I've called you to be. I will awaken you. I will baptize you. I will give you vision. I will give you dreams and you will know the true north of God. I will put the plumb line in the most um, the most captive the most jailed, the most spiritually blind, I will put my plumb line in your hand and I will awaken you to what I say you am and I will lead you. I will put you on the white whale, lead you into battle and you will have victory and one day the butterflies will land on you and you will multiply and release the butterflies the symbol of metamorphosis, the symbol of transfiguration, Transfiguration. I will put them on you and you will then lay your hands on people and they will be baptized in power as well. Continuing with that verse, these are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the earth. Listen guys, the eyes of the Lord right now are looking. They're searching. They know your need. The Spirit of God knows your needs. Okay, he knows what you need. He's going to he's going to give you vision. He's going to send prophetic voices in your life. He's going to baptize you in power. He's going to awaken you to what you really are according to the books that are written about you in heaven. You have a destiny that is going to unfold because grace, the grace of the Holy Ghost is coming upon your life. Amen. And so these butterflies are a big deal, right? The butterflies are the, let's just put it this way. The butterflies are a symbol of the metamorphosis, right? The butterflies, the, the eyes of the Lord led me into battle out in the middle of the ocean and I was seeing it from a distance. It was happening outside of my consciousness. I was the guy standing on the beach seeing the destiny of what was happening out in the middle of the ocean. And my destiny that I wasn't even conscious of, was in a battle. This is how powerful grace is, guys. My, my, the, the guy out in the ocean riding the eyes of the Lord was facing a battleship that had stolen the butterflies, that had literally taken the power of transfiguration and hidden it. But the eyes of the Lord saw me as a king, and he began to let me see from a distance, right? He saw the battle. He let me show, he showed me a year ago the battle that was raging. I was on the eyes of the Lord to release the ability and the power to transfigure. The millions of butterflies coming out of the battleship, sinking the battleship, and now all these stolen butterflies were upon me. It first made me conscious, right? The, the, the whale and the king swim toward me. The butterflies come on me on the shore, on, on, the, on the pier, lift me up, and I become one with the king. I become conscious of the battle king, the king that's in battle, riding the eyes of the Lord, knowing there's a mission to kill giants, to, to uh, gut Leviathan, to literally rip principalities out of the sky and every demonic force that comes against the people that the Lord sends me to, to release the power of transfiguration upon them, 
right? So I'm prophesying to you guys. I'm prophesying to you all that the butterflies are coming upon you. Listen, the butterflies, the metamorphosis of the Lord, you may not be able to fully embrace or even understand fully what's happening, but the Lord is setting, sending upon you the anointing, the butterflies that will transfigure you and literally pick you up, no longer making you earthbound, but making you conscious and, and riding the vision, the eyes of the Lord, literally the vision of God. Okay, the butterflies are a very important symbol and it makes you conscious. It, it literally you become one with the Lord's vision, the Lord's view. And so how important is this? It's everything. In Mark chapter nine, when Jesus is, um, you know, Jesus takes the disciples through the area of Caesarea Philippi. If you read uh, Matthew 16 and Mark nine, they're sequential in the, in the chrono, chronological order of the timing of what was, was happening. Matthew 16, Jesus takes them at the, at the foot of the mountain in the area of Caesarea Philippi. It's the place where they worship the Greek god Pan, right? They used to daily, they used to sacrifice children. They used to kill children. And Jesus took um, these guys, he took his, his believers there. And he asked the disciples a specific question in this place. He said, who do men say that I am? And they're all saying, oh, you're Elijah. You're this prophet. You're this guy. You're... And, and, they, and Jesus turns, he looks at them, he points in their face. He says, no, who do you say I am? I don't care what they say I am. Who do you say I am? And, the, and Peter had a revelation from the Holy Ghost. He says, you are the Christ. He didn't say you're Jesus. He said, you are the Christ. You are the anointing. Okay, and I'm here to tell you guys, the Lord is leading you to the same revelation. He's not asking you about the picture that the world has painted of Jesus. He's, oh my God, I feel, I mean, the anointing of God, I can feel it falling on me right now. He's asking you to walk into the revelation of the Christ, the anointing, the one who has the ability to transfigure because what Jesus sent when he rose from the grave was the anointing. He sent the Christ. He sent the power of the Holy Ghost. And when Peter said, you are the Christ, he's saying you are the anointed one. You are the one that transcends all human inability. You are the one who speaks out of heaven. You are the king. You are the risen king. You are the, you are the anointing, Right? And the next thing that Jesus does after, you know, he gives them this big pep talk. He says, yeah, you're right. I am the anointing. I am the Christ. I am the prophetic voice. I am the one who speaks today with you face to face. And I will speak to you in the days ahead. I will speak to you after I am gone, dead and then resurrected. I will speak to you, right? That's what he said. He says, whatever, whatever I speak to you are the keys, it is like is it is as if this is John or Matthew sixteen. Go read it for yourself. Matthew sixteen, verse fifteen to eighteen. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. What's that mean? When you get a vision from God, it's already happened. It's the telos, right? And you have the ability 
to wrap your heart around what the Lord has said, to decide whether you're going to stay earthbound and limited on that seashore or you're going to ride the whale, whether you're going to ride the eyes of the Lord into battle because the vision of the Lord always has a battle. Satan fears somebody who would actually believe in the vision of God because it is the only thing on earth that has the potential to transfigure you, to make you something that you're not, right? So when Jesus says, um, I give you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And he says, the gates of hell will not prevail. Satan has no power over you when you believe the vision. In fact, Satan's only power is to deceive you from believing the vision of God. Why? Because the vision of God has the power to take you today, somebody who is unable, unqualified, something that you're not, and transfigure you, metamorphosize you. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm making it a word today. To metamorph- to, you will go through a metamorphosis as your heart begins to wrap around the eyes of the Lord and you become conscious, no longer on the pier, but, but you ride that whale as a king, fighting your enemies and becoming what the Lord says you become. Okay, so the connection piece here is Jesus then takes Peter, John, and James up the mountain, and it says that Jesus is transfigured. The cloud, and you, you can read this in Mark chapter 9, verse, verse 1 through 10. Jesus takes them up the mountain. Uh, verse 2, it says that Jesus was transfigured before their eyes. It's the word metamorphosis, okay? That's the symbolism of the butterfly, a butterfly used to be a caterpillar until it went into a cocoon and was changed in the cocoon. Okay, what's the cocoon? The cocoon is your prayer life. The cocoon is your heart that holds on to something that can change it from an earthly caterpillar into a wind-blown butterfly. Are you with me, church? My God. Jesus Christ, when he ascended up that mountain and, and he was transfigured before their eyes, he, he went through a metamorphosis. It was instant. You see, some of you go through an instant metamorphosis. You're baptized in power. You get up, you run around the church, you do supernatural things. You get visions, right? Supernatural stuff. Because it says that when the cloud came, on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, it says, when the cloud descended upon them all, the voice came out of the cloud, and it literally, um, the, it, it, it says when the word um, spoke, when, when the voice spoke out of the cloud, it's the word lego, okay? The word lego actually means to be built, meaning that heaven was building he was imparting something, right? Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. Peter, James, and John. Can you picture Peter, James, and John in absolute shock and awe? What they actually saw with Jesus transfigured. They literally saw, right, the cloud and the Lord speak. They saw Moses speak. Moses was dead, but he was standing before their eyes in a transfiguration Something that didn't exist, it's impossible, was now before their eyes in a supernatural way. Okay? And that's what the anointing does. The anointing literally releases heaven on earth. Some of it's instantaneous. 
Some of it is um, an overtime transfiguration, the metamorphosis of God. And it happens when um, it happens in, in a couple ways. Number one, it happens through impartation. Sometimes it's immediate. OK, I was just I was preaching in Zanesville um, literally last uh, Sunday and it was a hot message. Um, there were bodies on the floor. I went up to this 18-year-old girl, and I started to prophesy over her uh, being called by the Lord as a Joan of Arc, that she would uh, lead a, 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 a revolution. I laid my hand on her, and she. this is a girl that wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost. I laid my hand on her. She began to shake. She began to weep. She fell to the ground, okay? She's on the ground literally shaking, like supernaturally shaking and the people are like oh my gosh what's going on and uh, you know i i just i kept prophesying over people she's on the ground for like 30 minutes she gets up and she's got this look on her face like she's glowing and this war cry comes out of her and she's ah! and she's and she literally changed the atmosphere in the church the church, the people saw a girl who was comfortable sitting in a pew and the anointing came on her. It literally transformed her in a matter of 30 minutes. She gets up off the ground. A war cry comes out of her and she begins to pray in tongues and she's she's changed forever. She's on fire. Right. I had a I had a kid in. Um, it's probably about five years ago in India. Um, I did a I did a youth meeting in the morning. And I laid my hands, I prayed and laid my hands for 52 youth to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the morning, in the morning meeting. Okay, it was a supernatural thing. We never left that room until three o'clock in the afternoon. We were in that room for five hours. Person, youth after youth laying on the ground, stood up and said, I see this. I have a vision of this. They would lay hands on each other. I, it was it, To this day, it's one of the most supernatural things I've ever experienced. But there was this one particular kid. Um, it was like as if he was in heaven, okay? He's a 10-year-old kid. And he started to talk about being in heaven and Jesus taking him into specific rooms in heaven where there was healing and body part replacement and all this stuff. And Jesus started to tell him that um, he had the ability to heal. And okay, I've seen a lot of things, but when this kid started, he's literally standing and he's speaking things. He spoke to this one girl and this girl falls down and she's demons start coming out. We're casting demons out of this girl because this 10 year old kid gets baptized in the Holy Ghost literally an hour before. And he starts having saying visions. And then he starts saying about this girl being healed. And um, we're literally watching people youth get healed by this 10 year old kid who had an impartation that literally made him conscious of the continual vision of the Lord. It was supernatural. Okay. And so that night I'm, I'm like, I've, I've got a thousand, like, I don't know, like a thousand, 2000 people that I'm, that I'm preaching to that night. We're on the Southern tip of India and I'm sitting, I'm sitting as they're about to introduce me. And the Lord started to speak to me about, I'm not preaching that night. The 10 year old is. <laughs> so I call this kid. I get my interpreter. I said, bring that kid up here. And we bring the kid up. Okay. The 10 year old kid. And I said, I, uh, this is like walking on water. Okay. I didn't know what was going to happen. But all I know is the Lord said the 10 year old kid 
was going to preach. And so we bring the, the I put, we put the mic in front of the kid's mouth and I said, shut your eyes and tell me what you're seeing in heaven right now. And the kid starts to speak about um, parts of bodies being healed. And all of a sudden in the crowd, okay, you hear this, ah, screaming, ah, ah, it's coming from this certain section. And, and I'm, I, I, we have to stop, right? Because the screaming is so loud. I asked my interpreter, what's going on? And two guys jump off the stage. They run over and we're all, everybody in the crowd is, is looking, right? There's a couple thousand people and we're all looking, um, toward this one section. All of a sudden they start, they're bringing this woman. She's, she's dressed in red and, um, she's touching things. She's touching people and she's screaming, and the guy runs up on stage and he tells me and the interpreter, he goes, they brought this woman blind, but now she sees. Can you picture that, guys? Can you picture how powerful that supernatural anointing is and what uh, the Lord can do with vision? What the Lord can do with vision. Amen. There is nothing impossible with vision. There is absolutely nothing impossible with vision. Amen. The vision of the Lord when released from heaven does supernatural work. It literally transfigures. It literally metamorphosizes the situation. Okay. As that, that 10 year old kid who received the impartation of the Holy Ghost, prays in tongues and immediately starts seeing visions. He's now standing on stage in front of thousands of people trusting the vision. How many of you trust the vision like that? Jesus said that we all we are all to be as children, right? Innocent as children. This kid, this kid had such a supernatural experience that he's like, why would I trust anything else at this point? I can shut my eyes and see the vision of the Lord. Okay? Amen. You with me? This this kid stands in front of thousands of people speaks the vision of the Lord. Uh, this woman gets healed. We bring her up on stage and she's jumping. She's screaming. She had been, she'd been blind from birth, guys. Blind from birth. And one vision spoken by this kid releases the supernatural power of God out into the crowd. She gets healed. The woman gets up and she says, I came here they drugged me here. I didn't even know what this was. I didn't even know what they were taking me to. The people they were with, you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The 52 youth that were in that room that day, there was such a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Ghost that when we left at three o'clock, we were the the the, the crusade was supposed to start. Um, I don't know, six, six thirty. Um, I told them to run into the village and tell everybody you saw, everybody you get your hands on, what happened today. And they did. They, they literally went out and, and told the people of the miracles and the power of Jesus Christ. And all these people come, okay? And so this woman, this blind woman who now sees is jumping around on stage and saying, I was born blind, but now I see. And guess what? All these people, thousands of people come forward and we spent hours laying hands on people and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, a whole village literally shaking under the presence of the Holy Ghost from, from a vision. 
from a boy that I that the Lord unctioned me to recognize the power that the Lord had put upon this young man's life, the power to prophesy by vision and to reveal what Jesus is doing in heaven. That's what that's what vision is, right? That's why when Jesus said, when you have the revelation that he is not just Jesus as the world defines him, but he is the Christ, he is the anointing of God, he is the power of God that comes upon people baptized in the anointing, okay? Not baptized in Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer, right? Jesus baptizes you in the Christ, in the anointing, okay? And it changes that's what that's what releases the metamorphosis of God. Okay? So my question is are you riding your vision? Are you riding the vision of the Lord? Because you are a son of God. You are a king. You are a king of kings. You are one called to ride this whale, this creature that's full of eyes, the sevenfold spirit of God, the anointing that the Antichrist hates, right? See, if you're not in a war, if you're just a, there's a difference between a victim and a warrior. A victim is somebody who's absolutely blind to the spirit world, who was born into a curse and just literally has no clue, no idea. You're just a victim. But when you get anointed and you're awakened that you're in a battle and demons start to appear because they're hunting you, they literally are trying to scare you, trying to steal from you. They're trying to induce a fear upon you so profound that you literally will will go back into your shelter. But the Lord is saying to you that I'm anointing you. I'm putting my anointing on you. You are a warrior king. You are anointed in the baptism of fire. And there's a purpose in your life. And I'm here to tell you guys that the quicker that you wrap your heart around the anointing and the vision of the Lord and you literally leave go of all that dead religious junk that's powerless and you begin to wrap your mind and your heart and dedicate yourself to the vision of the Lord and begin to speak and ask the question of the Lord. Like, you know, I told you a year ago, the Lord showed me the first half of the dream with the whale, but as I continue to ask questions a year later and the book comes out and people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost all over America. You see, my ministry, my ministry for five years was nothing but India. The, the Lord had literally shut off America to me. He would not let me. He, there were no doors for me to minister in America. But in the right time, in the right season, when he put a, when he took a certain grace off of me and put a new grace on me to release warrior kings in America, suddenly I, I, I don't have enough weekends to do what the Lord wants to do. OK, and so I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying to you guys that as soon as you wrap your heart around the anointing and the voice of the anointing and give your heart to nothing else. That's what, that's what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, all your strength, everything. It literally means to wrap your heart in the anointing, in the Spirit of God. Not the conditions in the old covenant that were powerless to change you. They couldn't, they couldn't produce a transfiguration. They could not produce a metamorphosis in your life. But the voice of the anointing, the vision of the Lord can. 
and the Lord is unctioning upon you again. Many of you have had visions. You don't understand what they mean, and, and you get discouraged. You run away because the enemy is coming. He knows if you do wrap your mind around it. He knows if you do become what he says you are, then, oh my gosh, you're going to turn the tables and start casting demons out and, and, and healing curses and delivering your family and doing supernatural things. And that's why... Ephesians chapter 6 verse uh, verse 1. I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is so profound in your life. Finally, my brethren, be strong, be dynamite in the Lord, in the power of his might, right? The iscus power is you speaking the vision of God that re releases his Kratos power upon the earth. Why is this so important? It's so important because if you know anything about the Lord, he could do it himself, but he doesn't. He works through men. He works through people like you and me who decide to believe his vision for our life and the people around us. Okay? He could do it himself, but he doesn't, guys. He works through people who wrap their heart around the vision, who literally begin to speak what the Lord is saying, you release your iscus power, right? So what's more, what's more important? What is actually more powerful in the way the Lord works is the Kratos power of what the Lord is speaking more powerful or is your voice more powerful? I would argue that your voice is more powerful because the Lord has vowed that through his sons and daughters, he would invade the earth. He doesn't invade the earth on his own. He invades the earth through his sons and daughters. And so the most powerful voice on earth is the voice who hears the vision of the Lord, sees his vision, dreams his dream, and begins to speak what the Lord is saying. In this iscus power that comes out of your mouth, you are the one who transforms your world. You are the one who literally sets the captives free. You are the one who heals the brokenhearted. You are the one who casts out devils. You are the one. Are you getting me? Are you with me, guys? Listen, one more scripture, and, and I'm going to prophesy over you. I've been prophesying over you, but I'm really going to prophesy over you. You see, you've got to realize that the demonic is afraid of what you're about to become. The devil is so afraid of what you're about to become. He doesn't care if you go to a dead church. He doesn't care if you have perfect attendance, sitting in a place where all you do is feel con condemnation, feel powerless, um, feel weak and never hear the, hear the voice of God. You, you believe in sensationalism and, and the, the fact that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Um, that died with the apostles and all those lies. He doesn't care if you go to church. What he cares about is you believing the anointing. You clothed in the anointing of God, dreaming his dream and having his vision. And, and lo and behold, you begin to speak it. Because if you speak it, the, tel the, tel the telescope, the telos, right? The command of the Lord, which is his vision. You actually align your heart and become what he has commanded. You see, when he gives you a vision, he's actually commanding you to become it. When he gives you a dream, he's actually commanding you, giving your heart an opportunity to wrap itself around the vision, to ride the vision and become the vision, right? The eyes of the Lord are offered to you to ride the supernatural, okay? And so what's it like? In Luke 11, Jesus says this, he says, if I 
cast out demons with the finger of God. Surely the kingdom has come upon you. So what is the kingdom, right? The kingdom is the power of heaven driving out the demonic, the blindness. Demons produce spiritual blindness. False doctrine is demonically driven and produces spiritual blindness. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of you having vision. They're afraid of you having the vision of the Lord and becoming what he says you really are according to the destiny that he wrote about you. Okay, verse 21. This is Luke 11, verse verse 21. When a strong man fully armed guards his own place, his goods are in peace. What's he talking about? He's talking about a demon who has kept you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit, willing to go to church and be religious, anything but to receive the Holy Spirit and the vision of the Lord. Why? Because it makes you strong. It makes you the stronger one. Verse 22 is where we pick up after you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and see the vision of the Lord. Verse 22, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes, he's talking about the demonic, overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor, which he trusts in and divides his spoils. He who is not with me and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man. He goes through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. What's the house, right? God calls you the house. Demons know that. That's why they try to possess you. That's why they try to live in you. That's why they try to get energy from you, right? Because you are the house. You are the only energy source on earth. Demons can't get rest in a in a dead building they can't get rest in a in a cave they can't get rest in a grave there's no place a demon can get rest outside of the presence of god the energy that's in you as a believer okay and they fear you having a revelation that you have the power to cast them out so until you have the revelation that demons are hunting you, demons are trying to keep you spiritually blind, demons are trying to keep you spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind by getting you to believe dumb doctrine, dumb thought processes, anything that keeps you from the anointing of the Holy Ghost, okay? That's basically, any, a demon fears the Christ, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, because it's the only thing that can give you vision, so if you center your life around believing in the Holy Ghost and he begins to give you visions and dreams, guess what? The days that the devil has a house are, are numbered. People begin having deliverance when they are baptized in the Holy Ghost and start having dreams and visions. So back to verse 22. But when a stronger than he comes, guess what the word stronger there is? It's the word iscus, guys. It's the word iscus. So when Jesus is teaching here, he's saying, but when one who prophesies, a stronger one, one who has the vision of the Lord, believes in his heart and begins to speak the vision. You with me? When he speaks the vision, when a stronger one, then he comes upon him and overcomes him. He takes from the demonic and divides the spoils. He who is with me, he who is not with me is against me. 
He who does not gather with me scatters. So what's Jesus referencing when he's talking about Iscus power? He's saying that he who does not prophesy my vision, he who does not trust in the fact that I have the words of power that drive out the darkness, the very thing way back in Genesis chapter one, that the Lord hunts the darkness. He speaks prophetically into the darkness and the darkness cannot withstand it. The darkness goes It has no power over the prophetic vision of the Lord. And so when Jesus is speaking here, and what is revealed is the iscus power of the believer, literally as you begin to speak visions and dreams day after day, the demons lose their ability to be housed in you. Okay, so if you're struggling with fear, if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with anger and hate and guilt and all that junk, what's the most powerful force there is? You seeing the vision given by the Holy Spirit because the, you trust in the Spirit and the Spirit of God knows your heart. He searches your heart. When you pray in tongues, it says that the Spirit of God and Jesus together search your heart. They know what you need. They give visions that are specific to the hour that you are in. And when you begin to speak the vision of the Lord, you shake yourself free from the demonic. You no longer are world-centered. You're conscious on the vision. Okay, I'm prophesying to you now. I'm prophesying to you now. I'm coming to you riding a whale. I see you now all. I see people on the beachhead. You're in a battle, right? The beachhead is a place of battle. It's a place of conflict. It's a place where the sea and the earth meet. It's a place of, of absolute war. Okay, and I'm coming to you on a whale and the butterflies, what caused a transfiguration in me is I'm releasing upon you. There are people here under the sound of my voice who've never dreamed before. You're going to dream. There's people right here who've never had the vision of the Lord. You're going to see visions. There's people right now who've never prayed in tongues. Right now, you're going to begin to pray in tongues. Right now, there's a fire in your belly. There's a baptism coming on you. There's people right now who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost who have not understood the value and intent of visions and dreams, thinking that, and you've been taught in false theology, that that's just a side thing, that the bigger thing is the Bible. And I'm here to tell you, the Bible is not the centerpiece of Christianity. Jesus Christ, who is known as the word of God, who sits in heaven and speaks today, he is God. He is the word of God. He promises to speak to you in visions and dreams. The Bible is a support mechanism. The Bible is not what you worship. Jesus Christ is what you worship. And there's an anointing right now being released upon many of you who've been baptized in the Holy Ghost years ago, who have literally stumbled in a confused state, not recognizing that if you simplify your life around the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the vision and dream of the Lord and what he's saying to you, as you begin to speak it, the demons that you've struggled with for years are going to start fleeing from you. Just like Jesus said, these demons are going to go out. They may come back and knock on your door and try to try to get back in, but you're not going to quit. Your heart is going to be so connected to the vision of God that the supernatural power of the kingdom, whatever 
Jesus has bound in your heart, made real in your heart, has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you separate yourself, loose yourself from on earth, has already been loosed in heaven. Your deliverance has already been set, guys. That's what Jesus was revealing in that scripture. Your deliverance has already been set when you trust in the vision of God, the telescope, the command of God who takes you where you're at today and and lets you see in the future what you really are according to his power, his vision. And the butterflies literally land on you and cause a transfiguration in your life. You see, the enemy fears the anointing. He 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 fears you being um, given hope in your heart that there's hope for you that you will be transfigured by the vision of God that you will become what He says you are. You will no longer be conscious of being limited on earth, but you'll be conscious as you begin to speak the iscus power of God. You align your heart and prophesy the vision that God gives you for your life. You become one with the vision. You begin to ride the eyes of the Lord. You receive the impartation. Amen. Amen. The devil fears you prophesying his vision. The devil is afraid of what you're about to become. So I just prophesy over you right now. I decree over you that the Lord has a plan for your life that is supernatural. It is unlike anything you've ever seen before. Even people who've been baptized in the Holy Ghost years ago, there's an anointing come, coming upon you that will transfigure you. There's there, The butterflies um, right now are coming upon you. I just prophesy over you that the butterflies of heaven, the power of transfiguration is coming upon you. The grace out of heaven is coming upon every one of you listening to me right now. And you're going to be led into battle. And you're going to be supernaturally equipped to sink battleships, to sink that 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 uh, that Goliath, that giant that works in your life. You're going to be able to release the arrow of the Lord against um, that seven-headed dragon, that principality that's ruled over your bloodline. You're going to be able to sink Leviathan and every demonic thing that has come against you. And there's a day coming ahead, guys. I'm prophesying to you that the that the anointing of multiplication is coming to your life. That just as I told the stories of laying hands on people in India, laying hands on that girl in Zanesville, and seeing them get up off the floor transfigured, there's an anointing coming upon you. <laughs> there's an anointing coming upon you right now that um, you're going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You're going to lay hands on people and demons are going to start screaming and, and you're going to you're gonna cast them out in the name of Jesus. You're going to begin prophesying to people and calling them into what the Lord says they are. I release upon people right now the spirit of prophecy. And for every person who's never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, right now, man, I can feel the Holy Ghost. I release the Holy Ghost on you, the butterfly of, of God, the, the Christ, the anointing that transfigures. I release that grace upon you right now. And every person who's listening right now, pray with me. Everybody who's never prayed with me, I just want that, that there, some of you are feeling a fire in your belly. And I want you to just let out 
the power of Christ, the voice of the anointing right now with me. Amen. Shalabo sote bremene brandora brabarabasito brobaba ande dunda donde donde debre ebarobaso. There's people who've been baptized in the Holy Ghost right now who have neglected your prayer life. And I hear the Lord, He's calling you back in to pray with the expectation that you will see visions and you will now know that you're a warrior in the garden instead of a gardener in the war. And you will begin to release the vision of the Lord. You will prophesy his vision in your prayer time. Instead of moping, instead of thinking you're hopeless, instead of thinking you don't have a purpose, instead of thinking like a worldly person, you are a warrior in the garden. And you're going to begin prophesying what the Lord has been dropping in your heart in dreams and visions and prophecy. In Jesus' name, come on, pray with me, guys. Pray. Shalabosito bredinde brita da da do me 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 de. Domino nende, domino nende, dinde lera brita. Bole lembre alla la bonde, bramano bavato brete. Tidende breamano mamane me 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 de. Bremene mende, bremano monde, breamamando breve. I speak to every spirit of blindness, every demonic power that has blinded the hearts of the listener right now in Jesus' name. I command you, come out in Jesus' name. Every spirit that has blinded the heart of men, I take authority over you. I command you, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come out in the name of Jesus. And I release the vision of the Lord upon every person hearing this right now under the sound of my voice. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the spirit of prophecy. Be filled with visions and dreams and hear what the Lord is saying to you, that you would cut off the heads of your enemy and that you would ride the eyes of the Lord as a king because Jesus Christ has prophesied over you that he that you are the king He is the king of kings. You are the king that he has called you to be in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray with me. All right, guys, praying the Holy Ghost. The Lord has a plan for your life. I don't care where you're at. And if I keep going, I'll be preaching all day. But hey, guys, um, dream big, expecting the dream and the vision of the Lord. And the devil is afraid of what you're about to become. Amen. The devil is afraid of what you're about to become. Because the Lord is awakening warriors in this hour. So pray, guys. Pray. Take it into a new gear this week. Take it into a new gear. Pray. Pray. Add an hour of tongues into your prayer life. Add add a day of fasting. Add three days of fasting. Do water-only fast. And watch how the Lord opens up your spirit to see spiritually into the supernatural. Amen. All right, guys. Pray. Pray. And... uh, Keep praying. The Lord has a great vision for you and uh, look forward to seeing you either in person or in next week's uh, session. Have a great week. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. 
For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.